All right, we're back. What day is it? I think it's Wednesday. Let's see if I'm right. Wait, what the fuck? It says today's December the 5th. And it's that's a Saturday. That can't be right. No, what's going on? Okay, my calendar right now says... There goes December 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and then it jumps to 5th. There's no December the 4th. I shit you not. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay, so what is going on? I, 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 I'll, share, I'll share this to uh, my Instagram. I'm going to share this to my Instagram. Okay. This is really fucked up. Okay, go to my Instagram, and uh, where should I send this to? Communities? Why not? Um, yeah, I think everything is going in this direction anyway, so, okay. Oh, golly, how do I do this? I'll just put it on my stories for now. Okay, honestly, I don't think this... I just downloaded the Instagram app. And, um... It's been a long time. Probably at least a year since I've used it. I don't know, there's probably some way to figure that out, but... Um, I'm too lazy, or tired, or professional, whatever. Choose your adjective. Anyway, I've downloaded this app, and I don't know how it works. And instead of me actually talking to you about what I came on to talk about, I'm dealing with technology instead. And... Why don't we talk about that? Because that's what's happening right now. I mean, I think most people can relate to that. I signed off of uh, a lot of the internet last year when I first came to the cabin. And it was uh, good. The longer I spent without it, the better off I was. It was definitely challenging. Um, I didn't see it as a challenge at the time. But it is a challenge. And uh, and I don't want to minimize that. So um, I suppose I would encourage as many people to do this as possible. Uh, a two weeks without any technology. No cell phones, no internet. And maybe we can do this together because at some point I will do that um, and we'll just go radio silent and maybe we can even uh, we can choose a day 14 days without technology a tech fast technology fast okay well I'm putting it out there if you're interested let me know when you can uh, we can organize something you know Maybe you feel called to that. 
and um, like I do at times. But um, ironically, what I came on here to chat about was recently I've been using more and more technology. Like I say, I just downloaded the Instagram app. A friend of mine uh, told me a while ago about cryptocurrency, so spending a lot of time looking into that, and uh, so that requires a lot of screen time and computer time, internet time, and it's all very—it's all so demanding, you know. Uh, now I'm thinking to myself, well, if I have Instagram and I still haven't completely gotten rid of my Facebook. In the last little while, I've been posting a lot on my personal account. I think it's personal. It's the Lofty Muse Facebook. Anyone can join. Uh, I've never posted my face up there. and uh, Until recently, I didn't think it was that unusual. But now I've noticed um, another person has done that. In fact, they friended me, and I was like, well, who is this person? First time, I was like, my gosh. I don't recognize... Um, who this is so I guess it's like it's a it's the mask right we're all putting on these masks now digital masks we're trying to hide from one, one another but at the same time we want to be close because you know the boredom is getting to be a bit much and um, I mean it's natural if you can believe this it's natural for people to want to spend time together that's natural so and look at we well, look at what we've done. We've taken what's natural, even in human social psychology, and we have applied technology to that. And what do we do about about that when we're on social media? We we're all displaying symptoms of that disconnection from that natural so social order. And so everything that we're talking about, the complaining, the whining, the anger, the frustration, the hatred, the emotional upset, all of those things that are being displayed through the technology are expressions of the symptom. The symptom. The illness, as we all know, goes deeper so we need to think deeper we need deeper levels of analysis and where other people favor expedience the thoughtful have to be willing to push back and say no we're not going in that direction we're going to stay here for a little while longer and we're just going to sit and observe our environment and talk about what we notice. And that's all we're going to do. Now, depending on your disposition, that could strike you all kinds of different ways. And so I'll just leave that with you. Now, when it comes to technology, 
This is my connection right now to the social order. And so, for the time being at least, I've decided to see if I can take my social media engagement to a higher level. What does that mean? Well, for a guy like me, who is not that great with technology, it's going to require time. So setting up my social media accounts, I started to do that. Uh, there's this thing called Linktree that I see quite a bit. And it's probably old news. I'm sure it's been around for years. But uh, it seems to be the way to get in. I noticed on Linktree's description they say, Don't let your social engagements just die on the vine, you know. Uh, give your followers something else to do, you know, a, uh, a link to click, you know. I heard yesterday somebody describe on the Sam Harris podcast that human beings were foraging for information the way cows and forage for grass, you know. And that's what's, that's what our drive is now conditioned towards attention attention you know we used to be driven by sex we used to be driven by hunger thirst you know connection physical touch dominance athletics Singing, dancing, painting, sculpture. All those things. We used to do things with our hands. We still use our hands, but what are we touching, really? We're touching, we're touching a touch screen. Now, when's the last time that felt natural? to you natural and if you have no idea what I'm talking about for those of you old enough think back to the 1970s and 1980s do you remember those 8 track players and they were in the cars and they were these massive cartridges and they had magnetic ribbon on the inside and they had the reel to reel it it was it was amazing, actually. And I remember in uh, in the cars, to get one track to the next, you'd have to push these buttons. And they were funny, odd buttons because, um, I mean, you really had to push them. They were very big buttons, uh, like over an inch uh, square and over an inch tall. And so there was like, I don't know what, to you had to, you had to like fire fire up some kind of a solenoid there was like gears and like uh, hinges and lever points underneath those switches and uh, springs and you know uh, metal plating that was bent to uh, hold the plastic housing on top of it you know and then underneath there's 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 there's, there's, this metal armature you know and uh, and bolted to that were these um, 
you know, crude circuit boards, you know, that, um, you know, would perform operations like it gets a signal and it does one thing, right? It fires up a little servo motor and it moves the track head, the recording head, not the recording. Well, I guess in some, if you had a recorder, but in a car, you wouldn't, you just have the play one. So you've got a little piece in there and you move it over to the next track and now it's reading that track. Like there's actually quite a lot of precision that has to go into that. Okay. So, but we're talking like probably hundreds of an inch. I'm guessing. Maybe it's not that fine. And I say inches because God knows. Were they building 8-track players using the metric system? I don't know. I would think so. But that would be actually interesting to know. Who started using the metric system? And why did it take so long to get over to Canada? And why hasn't the United States adopted it? Even though they kind of have. Isn't that something? Miles per hour. You go to the United States, miles per hour. They don't change for nobody. Kilometers per hour. Celsius, not Fahrenheit. All these things. America. Goes its own way. Just does its own thing. So if they're tired of policing the world well what are, what are we going to do about it who are we to say you know why not makes you wonder what would it what would a closed united states look like what would a closed world look like they say oh i don't know some people speculate more conflict you know um i mean look at the size of that military oh my gosh what is it Ten times as big as uh, China's? Ten times. I'm guessing. I should look that up. I should look that up. I shouldn't just spout numbers like that. How big is the U.S. military budget? There we go. Nine hundred and thirty-four billion dollars. That is what is spent every year, every year, on the military in the United States. I'll give you some more information here. This is from TheBalance.com. Estimated U.S. military spending is nine hundred thirty-four billion dollars. It covers the period October first to twenty twenty through September 30th, 2021. Military spending is the second largest item in the federal budget after Social Security. This figure is more than the $705 billion outlined by the Department of Defense alone. Okay, so that just gives you a little bit of a context. Now, let's go to the website and let's see. This article is why military spending is more than you think it is. Oh, so this is interesting. U.S. and world economies. U.S. economy. This looks like a good website. Ah, 
written by Kimberly Amadio and Thomas J. Brock. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, well, my gosh. It looks like they're uh, really fixated on defense and economy. Interesting. Wow, look at this. Key takeaways. They got a nice little summary here. The military budget covers the DOD, Department of Defense, Overseas Contingency Operations, the VA, Veterans Affairs, Homeland Security, the State Department, and many others that involve national security. Well, isn't that interesting? So, it's a lot going on. State Department, Homeland Security, and many others that involve national security. It's a big deal to reduce military costs. The defense, the Department of Defense must reduce its civilian workforce, pay and benefits of soldiers, and its military bases around the world. Now that sounds controversial. I would say that's the uh, sign of a declining power. Reduced military costs. Military spending has been increasing both the current U.S. budget and budget deficits. Okay, I'm just going to leave that there. I think there's some interesting stuff in there. So um, I'm just going to copy that. And see if I can... I'll put it on the Telegram. If you follow along in the Telegram, it's a great idea. I'm going to post a link there. Okay. You'll find the article there. Balance. Okay. I'll send that done. You'll see it there. So we're uh, consumed by, you know, uh, all this technology. I'm signing up for this thing called Linktree, and it's supposed to link all of my things together, Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, I imagine. Telegram, I presume. Did I mention the website? So, I mean, that's what? What did I just mention? Four things. Four things. So... The Linktree tagline is, don't let your content die. Give people places to go. Um, value add, I guess you'd call it. You know, So here we are, people, we're foraging for information. We're, we're disconnected from the natural. Um, and on and on it goes. And the economy, it makes sense. You know, uh, it's... In a sense, we were sort of reaching this peak adoption. And um, if you are a young person looking for something to get into, you have to take this stuff seriously. This stuff is coming on so fast and so strong that... It's captured the imagination. That's frankly all it is. And 
anything that captures a generation's imagination, the money has to go there. From a marketing perspective, that age bracket from 18 to 34, that's the most interesting space. What are they talking about? What matters to them the most? Everyone, I mean, I, by now everyone knows these things. And there's a very interesting guy. I'm going to also post this on uh, the Telegram channel. Very interesting guy named David Allison. And uh, he is a really, he's a really interesting guy. He has this company called Value Graphics. And, oh, look at that. He's even written a book now. Let's see. Let's go. Let's. I'll give you a link to this book. I think it's a good one. We're all the same age now. So that's the title of his book. I'll just go. Uh, oh, Goodreads, Amazon. You know, look at this. Goodreads gave it a 3.9. Amazon gave it a 4.7 out of 5. It's interesting. How many reviews? Well, he's got 39 reviews. I mean, that's something. How's it doing on the rankings? I don't know. But check that book out because, jeez uh, Louise, I don't even know. We're all the same age now. See, this is this is what happens. This is the technology. You know, okay, here. So finally I find the uh find the button I'm looking for. And on and on. See, and listen to this. You're listening to me go on and on and on. And there's all this interruption. You see, so I'm trying to communicate something here. You know, I took a break from building the chicken farm this morning. Chicken barn, I should say. I call it the chicken shelter. But the official title is the hatch. Hatch, you know, like hatch a hatch an idea, hatch a plan, right? Hatch the hatch. I just put the door in and uh I hope I hope the door feels like a hatch. You know, I want you to feel like it's a hatch, you know, it's a hatch, it's a hatch. I might even uh, design it yet in such a way that you have to crawl into it, you know. I think that's when you really know you're in a hatch, you know. It's a fucking hatch, you gotta crawl in there, you gotta, you gotta stick your ass up in the air and tip over like a worm, you know. Slide on down into there. But once you're in there, baby, you never want to leave. The lighting, the acoustics, the comfy velour pillows, the bright colors. Yeah, man, there's a vibe there. The music. Hey, why not? Why not? The ambiance. 
That's what we're going for. So I came in, I'm taking a break, but we've made some good progress in the last couple of days. So the real push now is to get the insulation in. And that's what's keeping me grounded. It's uh, thinking about this yesterday. I was like, what's the value of utility? You know, the money I'm pouring into building that chicken shelter. I mean, it's getting expensive. It's going up and up and up. I just keep pouring money into that thing like crazy. But if you looked at it, you'd never know. You'd never know because I'm also using a lot of scrap, free stuff. You know, uh, the roof is made out of tin that was free. Um, the trusses are made out of lumber that I had to buy at highly inflated prices. The siding is made up of uh, um, lumber that my neighbor actually milled. And uh, he couldn't use it for anything else but firewood. And I said I could, I could use it. And so we're doing a trade. So he doesn't get to burn it, and it's very good wood. And there was quite a, quite a fair amount of it. And I'm lucky to have it. And so um, we're working out a way that I can uh, pay them off. Mind you, that deal was done already, because what I did was I painted... I did some work for them on their property. They had some stuff that they needed painting, that's right. So that one was done. Uh, and what else? Uh, the plywood, there was scrap materials lying around the property here. Use that stuff wherever I can. And that's how I put it together. So it doesn't look like much, but it keeps me grounded. It's real. And every day, I've done something with my hands. I challenged myself. I went outside. I stood in the cold. I mean, that's something right there. Your hands get cold. You get uncomfortable. And then you just stand there and you look at the damn thing and you're like, what the hell am I doing here? What am I, what am I doing this for? This is crazy. And then you look inside and you see like uh, 12 chickens. You know, if I don't get this thing closed in, that's it. They're done. They'll die. Um, I don't want that to happen. So that's motivating me. But I'm also motivated by a million other things. A million other things. And that's maybe the hardest thing to do. Is just trying to keep them all straight in your head. Because, I mean, I don't want this thing to look like a dog's breakfast. I want it to have some shape, some form. I want it to be level. So when you look at it, it doesn't insult your eye you know I want I want you to look at it and and for that to be okay you know I want you to just look at it and say yeah that's all right that's okay that doesn't ruin my day you know but if you're like me I mean if you go to any of our cities fuck these buildings that we're building these days, it's getting better. Okay, it's not like it used to be. It's getting better. 
But still, when you build something, man, it lasts. So don't fuck it up. Don't give somebody an excuse to have a, a lousy day. Because you couldn't come up with something pleasing. Something beautiful. Something nice to look at. Something functional. Something that had a sense of quality about it. Not even a sense of quality, but that was quality. We need to dump as much quality into everything that we do as we possibly can. I think that's the measure of all cultures. People know. People know a good idea when they see it. And they know a stinker. I think that's what's driving us more and more. And the way we're measuring it is through technology. More and more and more, that's how we're measuring it. So, I mean, I'm... I might think I have something valuable to say, you know, and uh, so I go and I create a podcast and I just start talking. And uh, right now, the only one who can hear my voice is me. I'm sitting in the cabin and there's nobody here and the fire is burning in the wood stove and the sun is shining. It's coming in through the window over my left shoulder. It's a beautiful day. I'm facing north. Skylight over my head. And wood, every corner I look, everything. Wood, 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 wood. Steel, wood stove, um, concrete, masonry, chimney that the wood stove is going into. That's a floor to ceiling thing. Looks pretty steampunk if you think about it. Pretty skookum. And I put these things out there and I think, oh gosh, hope somebody likes it. Well, well, somebody went to all the trouble to build those networks. And, uh, you know, before the internet, none of that existed. What does that mean, though? I mean... First, it was emails and email chat rooms. I think they called them IRCs or ICRs. I don't know. I don't know what they were anyway, but primitive. And I remember in university, you know, first signing up for an internet email account, you know, and that you could send emails around and stuff and you could, you could find uh, research documents, things like that. So it's useful, you know, it's useful for that. Connections were so slow, so slow. This was over 20 years ago now. Well, shit. 30 years ago. Yeah, shoot, I was in university 30 years ago. That's insane. That's insane. Well, but I was an early adopter, you see. All these kids nowadays, they're graduating with massive debt and, and uh, you know, they're not able to find anything to do with their degrees. Nothing. 
So, you know, they end up with bullshit jobs, Starbucks and restaurant jobs and this, that, and the other thing. And they're just lying around doing nothing, more or less, just frustrated. But everyone goes through that. I went through that. And you're like, well, I got this degree. I'd like to put it to use. So you apply to job after job after job. And then you finally land something, and then you're like, ugh, you do it for a while, and turns out it's a lot harder than you ever thought it would be. And you ask yourself, well, just a second, what kind of a life do I want to live anyway? And then that's where it really begins, because now you're asking questions again. Very, very difficult. Once you start asking questions, it's just one thing after another. And if you don't have enough sense to stop, you just keep going. Then you pick up a book here and there. You know, books you probably shouldn't pick up. Thoughts you shouldn't expose yourself to certain realities that you had never considered before. But you do, and you read them, and you're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. You're like, wow, interesting book. What a story. Like the book 1984. Or Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. Or Albert Camus, The Outsider. And on and on and on it goes. The Alchemist. Pick your poison. But in the world of books, the, the world itself can feel quite distant and it does at times it can recede and for a brief moment you know you watch a movie like Brazil and you're disturbed for an hour and a half and it might take a little while to uh, for that feeling to leave you but uh, you adjust Maybe the next day you're fine and you don't feel that sense of agitation or dis-ease. But, you know, it's pretty clear in your head, like, you watched a pretty disturbing expose on the human psyche and uh, didn't feel good, you know. So you're like, wow, gosh, should I really expose myself to that kind of stuff? You know, fast forward to the 1980s and what was going on there. And uh, the content that was coming out, it was uh, a lot of violence, gun violence. I know there was some controversy at that time where people said, should we be showing people these acts of violence, murder? violence against women 
um, rape, torture, um, all these things. I mean, is that our level of, uh, is that our standard? Is that our level of expectation for the population? This is what people do, you know? I mean, what else, what was the alternative? Little House on the Prairie. You'd have a, what were those shows? An hour long, I think. And within one hour, minus the commercials, it was probably 40 minutes. Well, you get the whole story arc. Crisis. You know, introduction, uh, character development. Um, establishing a protagonist, an antagonist. A crisis. A challenge. Uh, what do they call those? A montage. You have to kind of assemble that on your own while you're watching it. And then resolution. And there's always a positive message in there. You know, sometimes it'd be, you know, at the end of the show, to be continued. So at the most, you'd have to go and wait another week. But then you could get your conclusion then, you know. But it was a start, beginning, middle, and finished over. See you next week. And that's not a bad way to tell a story, you know. But then all this bad news keep, kept coming along, you know. Of course, you got You can't forget advertising has always been an important part of communication. Not just communication, but culture and the arts. Especially once we figured out capitalism and uh, potential for it. Of course, then you run the risk like we have of um, commercializing everything. Even the human uh, psyche, the human consciousness that uh, people are really striving for. You know, it's no coincidence that, um, you know, healthcare is a massive part of every national government's budget. And uh, pharmacare, pharma, pharmacology is deeply invested in that. That's well understood. And so they don't really want us to become well. And uh, so we have these um, uh, really unbalanced lifestyles for the most part. And uh, um, I frankly don't know how most people do it. I mean, uh, I think a lot of us, these days especially, are having a hard time hanging on. Some days are better than others. But we're adjusting, and we'll get through this. I know that. It's no question. But I think what the people uh, are curious to know is, um, and myself included, is what's it going to look like on the other side? What do we want it to look like on the other side? And like any other period of time in history, there's a sense of expectation and a sense of relief that uh, maybe we can change things for the better. Uh, but there's also a simultaneous urgency 
and uh, a lot of the brilliant ideas, the idealism uh, that inspires so much of uh, our potential, or certainly inspires inspires us to dream big and imagine a a, a, a bigger, better future. Um, but time strips away uh, value constantly. And so it is, in a sense, it's a race against time. And we're making bets, but the very short-term bets, you know. You used to be able to buy a car, finance it, and own it within 24 months. And then it became 48 months, and then 72 months, and then you had to start leasing a vehicle because you couldn't afford to own it any longer. And then housing began to escalate in price. That became a speculative market. And in the meantime, the stock market, the money markets, they're all being financialized. And uh, and so, which is which which is is basically, uh, in some 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 way, it's a it's creating agreements essentially, and uh, putting those agreements under contract, and then buying and selling those contracts. On, on 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 a market on the open market, and so we're speculating uh, on everything now. Okay, another word for speculating is betting. Okay, and people understand that. And in the financial markets, they call that the financialization of our economy. You have to understand that there's a difference. So. There's economy on one hand, which is actually uh, the trading back and forth of goods, right? Where, where you find real productivity, and then you have the wealth that's generated on the stock market, which accounts for an enormous amount of our economy now, um, more than it ever has, in terms of what our GDP is per year. So all of these things are becoming more and more common knowledge, and people just accept it, and that's the way things are. So what are the implications of that? Well, I think I mentioned a few of those already. Um, one of them is I can live in a cabin and uh, I have an internet connection by choice. The goal is to get rid of it. But for now, um, I use it to connect and I use it to record podcasts and so on and so forth. But you will hear me talk more and more about uh, technology and the nature of it and the direction that we're choosing to go. Some of you will be on board with this. Some of you will not. Some of you will not, uh, frankly, see the risk or the harm uh, in technology. And that's okay. Um, but for some of you... Uh, you might find this interesting. You might find it interesting. And you might find it consistent with your own experience as well. So, um, and, and I, I'm not opposed to that. So if, if, you, if what you hear uh, interests you, um, would love to have you follow along and uh, try to be consistent. And I'll be listening for your feedback. And if there's any ways uh, that I can improve 
uh, what I'm trying to do and if any of you actually can figure out on your own what it is I'm trying to do then uh, by all means please let me know um, yeah definitely want to make this uh, a group effort that's for sure and uh, figure this out so that means getting connected and networking and uh, that's a big part of it too SKNU is number one about community so feel free to remind me of that if I ever need reminding of that but in the meantime let's focus on growing and staying sane and sticking together and uh, enjoy the rest of your day I'm gonna go out there and uh, do some insulating and try to keep those chickens warm we'll maybe check in with you again later on bye for now trying to get through There's no single explanation There's no central destination But this long line of cars Is trying to get through And this long line of cars Is all because of you don't wonder where we're going or remember where we've been We've got to keep this traffic flowing and accept a little sin Coming around the bend There's a long